0: Welcome to Shooting the Frisbees with your hosts, Jake and Randy. Discussing all things freestyle frisbee and whatever else that comes up. All right.
1: Welcome to Shooting the Frisbees with Jake and Randy. Hey, Jake, how you doing today?
0: I am great. How are you, Randy?
1: I'm doing good. Uh, We are definitely entering fall here in Seattle. The leaves are changing and the jam is going to be moving indoors, I think, from here until the next spring. So getting ready to wrap my brain around an indoor jam scene here for the foreseeable future.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. The indoor jam changes how you jam quite a bit, doesn't it?
1: Yes, indeed. And I actually I I like them both. I love outdoor jam with the wind. But I also really like the indoor jam, too, because you can really control the disc in ways that you can't outdoors. So
0: yeah, yeah. With outdoor jam, you run into the wind the whole time. So it's like you're on this plane or on this line, and you're always moving a line forward and backwards. I don't know, you can't see me in the podcast, but I've got my hand straight out in front of me. And I'm just moving it forwards and backwards. That's the line. But when you're inside. You can go any direction and really it's just a matter of where people are facing and where the disc is facing and you can even go in circles. So it's it actually opens up a bigger space to play in. It really yeah. changes the rules. Indeed, indeed. That's uh, pretty cool. So Randy, I hear that you have a story about how Frisbee kept you out of prison, is that true?
1: Well, wait a second. Prison, not out of prison, (laughs) maybe jail. Jail, okay. Maybe that is even stretching it a bit. It certainly (laughs) kept us out of a situation that was not going in the right direction, according to the law. But, uh, yeah, so, boy, this was a long time ago. Um, It was when I was 16, and me and another Frisbee bud named Todd Denny were going to hitchhike from Seattle to Boulder, Colorado, an NAS tournament. Um, we didn't have any money, and we were very, very low on funds. So the only way to get there was to hitchhike. And at that time, hitchhiking was a fairly acceptable way to travel. There wasn't the same kind of dangers or uh, trouble that you might get into today if you, if you decide to hitchhike. But at yeah. that time, it was like kind of the way to go.
0: So how old were you? I was sixteen, so. 16. And this and was what year? Nineteen eighty. Nineteen eighty. Okay, okay. <coughs> Not even the seventies. You were into eighties by now. Okay.
1: Yeah, yeah. Nineteen eighty. So you know, so there we are. We're in Seattle. We're on the on the on ramp and throw out our thumbs and we get a ride pretty quick and it's a pretty good ride. It, it gets us all the way to the Dalles in Oregon. So we had made it to another state. Fellow dropped us off and. um we sat in the Dalles for probably the next eight hours. Cars going by, nobody's picking us up. And we're just like, oh my God, starting to get you know, a little desperate, starting to get darker. And where we were in the Dalles is where the Columbia River goes by. And so there were train tracks that were going right along the Columbia River. And we were seeing these trains go by us for eight hours. And Todd has this brilliant idea. And I'm having quotes here in brilliant saying, (laughs) okay, the next train that goes by, we're going to go hop on it because we've got to get out of here. And I'm like, oh my God, hop on a train. We don't even know where the train's going. And so I'm like, okay, here comes one more car. It's coming at us. And if this car doesn't pick us up, then we're going to go jump on the train. Well, the car picked us up. And I was just like, Oh, oh wow. Oh yeah. I'm so thankful. I'm like, I don't know where the train was gonna go and and yay, we're <laughs> in this car and going. And what was amazing is that this guy was driving to Boulder.
0: Oh, perfect. He's yeah. gonna take you all the way there.
1: All the way to Boulder. So here was this moment of we're gonna go into a very unknown area to oh my gosh, the universe just presented us with our gift ride to boulder needless to say we were feeling pretty psyched and uh guy was really a nice guy and um you know we're heading off and he's asking us where we're going we're telling him we're going to a frisbee tournament and he's wow that's that's trippy and he was going to see his girlfriend or something like that so we're we're going along and i remember he had an eight track tape of uh lip sync was the name of the the band and it was uh the song was I'm going to take you to funky town or something like that. <laughs> and it just was playing over and over. So we're, you know, it's a pretty long drive to to Boulder. So I'm in the backseat and just hearing this eight track tape play over and over and, you know, feeling pretty good that we're on our way to Boulder and excited because that's where I'm going to unveil my solo routine at the NAS tournament in Boulder. And, you know, I don't know anybody and, you know, people kind of know me. And uh, so getting excited and we're going through Wyoming, just nothing. It's just like antelope everywhere and just nothing. And, uh, you know, kind of spacing out the window and the guy who picked us up all of a sudden decides to light up a joint. And I'm like, wow. Uh, okay. Well, I mean, it's his car. He can do whatever he wants. But so at that time, marijuana was seen as very illegal. It wasn't You know, something that you would want to do just out in public, wherever it was, you know, something you did incognito. So, anyways, he lights up and he's, you know, smoking. I kind of roll down my window and in the back and, you know, saying whatever. So we're driving and um, all of a sudden, out of nowhere comes this cop car. And he's on our tail, and the lights are flashing. And I'm like, oh, my God, pot smoke is coming out the window. And we are out in the middle of nowhere. It was wide open. I'm sure he had to be going like 80, 90 miles an hour, but it didn't feel like we were going fast. Mm -hmm. You know how you kind of get in that open road space, Mm -hmm. and you're just Mm -hmm. going. So needless to say all of our heart rates started pounding really fast. And so pull over and everybody's rolling down the windows to try to get the the smell out.
0: Shoot the air out as fast as you can.
1: (laughs) Waving our arms really fast, like trying to be extra fans to clear it out. So it's like, Oh oh my God, what is going to happen here? And the, the cop gets out and he comes, you know, strolling over to our window. And it's like the classic stereotypical movie cop that, you know, kind of has the kind of a big belly and the, the shades, the mirrored shades. The yeah.
0: aviators.
1: <laughs> totally, totally. And um, he looks in and he goes, so uh, you guys were going a little fast there. And uh, it's like, yeah. And, uh, you know, he could at this point tell that he could smell pot. And I was like, this is not going to go well. Okay. So he uh, at that point says, all right, you guys get out of the car. And I'm like, oh, my God, get out of the car. I'm totally freaking out. I'm thinking, oh, my God, we're going to jail. We're out in the middle of nowhere. Nobody knows anything could happen at this point. So just totally freaked out. And we're all standing, uh, the three of us lined up against the trunk. And he's looking at us. And he's like, going, so, you know, you're going really fast. Uh, what, what are you guys doing? Like, where, where are you going? And I'm so nervous. I just like pipe up. I'm going, well, I'm going to a Frisbee tournament in Boulder, Colorado. <laughs> <I'm just laughs> 16-year-old kid freaked out. And he goes, all of a sudden, he goes, what? And I said, yeah, uh, we're, uh, me and my buddy, we were uh, hitchhiking and we're on our way to a Frisbee tournament in Boulder, Colorado. And he goes, really? And all of a sudden, things shifted. It was just, it was wild. And he goes, wow, well, well my daughter was just at a Frisbee tournament in Santa Barbara and i was like really and all of a sudden things started shifting and and i was like oh really so well did she tell you anything about it and he was like yeah i said that there was this game called ultimate or something and i was like yeah yeah that's a that's a great game and i'm talking a million miles an hour (laughs) and i was like um yeah just trying to keep the subject on frisbee and uh somehow i just said well here let me show you some some tricks so i go into the car and I pull out a, a Sky Styler and I'm starting to delay and I'm I'm doing some body rolls and he's totally taken by it. He's like, wow, that is really cool. And so I said, well, here, let me show you how to do a nail delay. So I whip up the disc and I've got it on my finger and I grab his big fat finger, <laughs> as you can imagine, <laughs> and I put it on the disc and I'm pulling him around on the highway oh, and, and he's like totally into it. So here I am like, you know showing this cop how to do a nail delay out in the middle of nowhere there's no cars nothing and he's just totally digging it and he's like oh my god that is just great so you know kind of get things so that he says all right well hey you guys um you know you were driving fast why don't you guys just slow down a bit and um i'll just give you a warning at this point Whoa! You know? wow <laughs> i wish you the best of luck at the tournament and um good luck And so I'll get in the car and we pull off and we're going off slow and we can see him getting smaller and smaller in the distance. The three of us don't say anything to each other and are all just like, wow, what just happened? And we drive off and we probably didn't say anything for like 15 minutes. And uh, needless to say, the guy, the guy who picked us up, he was so thankful for what had mm. happened, and he w- he was like, "I will take you guys wherever you want to go. You guys <laughs> just saved me from a very bad experience." So,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. you did totally save him. You took control of the situation with your frisbee prowess. That's amazing. Yeah.
1: with my sixteen-year-old frisbee prowess. Sixteen-year-old. <laughs>
0: <laughs> nice job.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was uh, thinking, thinking that I didn't want to go to jail. So that is it. So I didn't go to prison. It wasn't going to be prison. And I don't know if we even would have gone to jail. But Frisbee certainly got me out of that situation. Got us out of that situation. And you know, as I have come to know in my life, Frisbee is just a great connector on so many levels. And if you ever find yourself in that situation, just get out a disc. <laughs>
0: Just gonna pull out a disc and show the police. Here's here, look what I'm doing. It's really cool. Right. Did you uh, did you ever figure out who his daughter was?
1: No, uh, I didn't, and I uh, always wondered, you know, what that what that degree of separation is. You know, yeah,
0: yeah, but, yeah, totally. You might be friends with that person and even know the cop, but you would just never know the connection. That's pretty funny. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Okay, so you're going to Colorado for this tournament. Was that your first NAS tournament?
1: It wasn't my first NAS tournament because I had gone to Santa Barbara, I think in 79 and a couple others. But this was my first one where I was making a run to like go to the Rose Bowl. And so
0: you were actually going there specifically because you wanted to qualify to get to the Rose Bowl.
1: Yes, to get points. So I knew that freestyle was one of the events. I had practiced this solo routine uh, on my own for months, and I was ready, and so got there. And uh, like I say, nobody really knew, knew, I I shouldn't say that, I didn't really know a lot of people. Like I say, I was much younger than a lot of the other folks. So I'm 16, they're 19, 20, and that's a big gap from 16 Mm -hmm. to 20. Um, they're having different experiences than I am. So I was sort of the kid that was outside of the circle looking in.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, and you're new to the scene, right? They've been playing for five years or so and you're just now showing up. So they probably like, Yeah, what's this kid doing here? So how did you do in the events?
1: So I did really well. Um I made it through the the first round, the second round, and I had made it into the finals. So here I was with my solar routine and uh, I made it to the finals. So I scored enough points. Actually, I went to another NAS tournament in Vancouver, Canada, another freestyle tournament, and I made the finals there. And that was enough to get me points. That was enough points to get me to the Rose Bowl. So playing by myself is how I qualified for the Rose Bowl in 1980. But what was interesting is that I qualified for the Rose Bowl, and freestyle was my passion. I mean, I was actually a pretty good overall player, too. I had a pretty good golf game, and I could throw pretty far. But freestyle is really what I loved to do. And um, get there to the Rose Bowl, and they say that it's only pairs. Really? So
0: they have different rules at the, at the NAS events versus the Rose Bowl?
1: Yeah. And I, unbeknownst to me, I didn't know that that was going to be the case. So I was crushed. I was like, well, wait a second. I've spent all this time nurturing and cultivating this solo routine and feeling pretty confident. And then all of a sudden they say that I can't compete. And I'm like, well, well, now what do I do? It was sort of like, well, I don't have a partner and pretty bummed out that I wasn't going to get to compete. So as, as circumstances happened and unbeknownst to me, uh, John Jewell was playing with Dave Marini, and Dave Marini hurt himself at the Rose Bowl. And so John Jewell did not have a partner. So John Jewell walks up to me and he goes, hey, kid, you want to play? (laughs) <laughs> I was just like, oh my God, John Jewell's asking me to play. I mean, John Jewell's like a god of freestyle in my mind. And I was just like, I don't even really know what happened after all that. I was just so blown away that he asked me to play. And um, we didn't make the finals, but we we had a fairly good showing in the, the semifinals, but we didn't have a routine. And, you know, I'm kind of doing my wacky solo stuff, and he's trying to figure out how to incorporate that into his very extensive skill set. And... Uh, but it was that was that was a life changer. It was like, wow, I'm getting to play with with John Jewell. So, the road to the Rose Bowl was really wild, and then the actual experience at the Rose Bowl was, yeah, 1980 was a pretty rich year for for my my freestyle education. Wow,
0: that's amazing. Yeah, and it is always great when you get to play with one of the experienced players. It really lifts you up and. It uh, kind of validates you. At least that's how I felt the first time I got to play. It was actually playing with you, Randy. I think wow! That was, you were my first, like, already-arrived partner. And I was wow. like, OK, so I'm, I, must, I must be good if Randy's come in and want to play with me. So that's, there's <laughs> something there. Like, there's, there's some sort of validation that goes on with that. So
1: Oh, that's cool. That I, nice. didn't, I didn't realize that. Well, that's kind of a nice circle of here, I was getting my validation, you're getting your validation, and we're kind of tied together in this infinity loop.
0: Yeah, (laughs) totally.
1: (laughs) And now here we are doing shooting the frisbees. How whack Uh, is that?
0: Oh, it's crazy. The connection (laughs) that we've made over the years. Oh, god. Yeah, no kidding.
1: The layers are rich
0: for sure. So. So that routine with you and John Jewel is on YouTube. I don't know if you've seen it.
1: I have. I have seen it. It's really. It's kind of a a shocking, shocking (laughs) to the senses because I'm like, I have fairly long hair and I have a mustache, and I'm like, who is that person i don't i don't even recognize and like i said i don't even remember that experience i was so blown away to get the opportunity to play with john jewel that's all i really remember is him asking me going hey kid you want to play it's like
0: yeah. oh my god yeah of course <laughs> so and i did i it's interesting to watch it also because your style back then was quite a bit different than it is now you can see some of the randy-esque like your form and the creativity but you were doing a lot of pediddle work and a lot of just more straight up and down stuff than you, than you do now.
1: Yeah. 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 The game, my game has definitely evolved a lot since then, but my game back then was, you know, it was all focused around doing solo routines. So pediddling was a big part of it. And I would do two disc pediddles and all sorts of crazy stuff. So it was all very quirky uh, kind of creative approach that, you know that was really all that I brought to the table back then was just this weird quirk.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Totally. So, where your was your solo routine choreographed hundred percent?
1: Yeah, it was choreographed to uh, Talking Heads' "Take Me to the River." Oh, nice. Yeah, I had the whole thing choreographed from beginning to end,
0: and uh,
1: I, I'm sure that that is what helped me be successful because I had kind of taken it to uh, it took to a whole other place. Yeah, my weird little level.
0: <laughs> your weird, your Randy special level. <laughs> yes,
1: yeah, the special sauce. Awesome. So awesome. Yeah, yeah.
0: So, so here's a a question that probably most other freestylers can't answer. You've been choreographing routines. You ha- you started doing it by yourself, but now you're doing it with other people. So, how is it different to choreograph four minutes on your own as a solo player versus doing it with partners?
1: Well, I, I don't even know if I know what the difference is now because it was so long ago. But okay. I, I don't think it's much different. I mean, really, you're just listening to the music and uh, you're finding out where the where the crescendos are, where the slow moments are, tempo, just all that stuff that you would do if you were working with another person. So another person is just adding more, more content to work with. So I don't really think there's a, a difference, but… Honestly, I wouldn't be able to tell you because I don't remember.
0: It's been too long. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I could imagine it being going both ways because I remember when you and Dave Lewis and I did co-op. There were some times when we were really struggling with uh, like disagreeing on what the content should be, and we had to sit down and take a time out and really sort of discuss it and and agree, like compromise, basically. Uh, whereas if you're by yourself, you don't have to do that. But. Like the flip side would be when you're with partners, you get a bunch of ideas that you may not have had otherwise, because you know you're not sharing it with other people.
1: Right. Well, you bring up a good point. So yeah, when you're choreographing for something by yourself, you're full-on creative control. <laughs> so uh-huh. there is no, there is no conversation. But that actually, I, I think I enjoy. If I was to say would I rather do it alone or do it with somebody else, I would rather. Do a routine with other people because I think that creative process, even though you butt heads, that's part of the part of the process that I actually enjoy because it's the, the yin and yang of it. If, it. if it was all really super easy, I don't think that you would find, you wouldn't push yourself to go through that to find what's on the other side. Uh, I think it, when you're building routines, I think you have to enjoy the process. If not, it will eat you alive. You'll just like not be able to to do it. And you gotta go into the process going, you know what? I'm gonna enjoy the gnar because I know that there is joy after the gnar. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: If yeah, that makes sense. No, it makes total sense. All that work that you put in when you're done and you have an amazing routine, that feels great. And then when you go do the routine in front of people and it works, it feels just amazing. There's there's not a lot of things that feel that good. When you're in yeah. front of the crowd and you hit your routine and you walk off and people are cheering, it's like, wow, that, all of that gnar, as you call it, that's yeah. it's worth it. And that's what it takes to get there. Yeah.
1: And I think if you go into when you're when you're starting to build the routine, if you go in with that expectation that, you know, there's going to be some hiccups, there's not, it's not going to always be smooth sailing. And don't let that derail you. Let that just be a moment to breathe. You know, mm-hmm. it's going to move through it. And then that is actually going to help you get to another place.
0: Um, a better place. But the other thing that happens when you work with your partners is you, you learn, you learn new tricks, you learn new ways of thinking. Like uh, when I played with you the first time, you taught me your style of building a routine, which is listen to the music and build it all the way through step by step. And then when I played with Arthur many years later, he has a different style of building routines. And so I got to learn that. And, and uh, it was very interesting to, to just see these different perspectives. And also playing with Arthur, I got to learn, like, he and Dave have some really intricate moves where they are setting the discs under each other's legs and through each other's hoops, and they're really close together. And I've I've always wanted to be able to do that, but I've never quite been able to. And so playing with him, I actually got to do it because he could instruct me on exactly where to move and how to make it happen. So I feel like my my skill set has expanded just in partnering with different people.
1: Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, there's there's no one way is the way. In fact, I think that's part of the richness of our sport is that there's so many different approaches, and I wouldn't want it to be one way. It would get awfully boring if it was one way.
0: Yeah, totally. Well, thank you for telling us that story, Randy. I love hearing your stories, and uh, I'm really thankful for what Frisbee has brought to our lives, so uh, it's nice of you to share. Thank you.
1: Yeah, you know, I'm pretty thankful that Frisbee kept me out of jail, as as you say, or prison, as you say. Yeah. (laughs) I'm very grateful that Frisbee has come into my life for lots of different reasons. So, yeah,
0: friendships, adventures, uh, self-discovery—Frisbee is just a gift. It's really amazing.
1: Yeah, and you—you uh, you, you nailed it. Frisbee is a gift. And I guess on that note, um, I think that we are out of here. So I'll talk to you next week, Jake.
0: Yeah, talk to you next week.